we're trying to do with freelance founders is not only create this community where we support one another, we give each other recommendations, we give each other referrals, but also from a hiring manager side, we show them how to best work with freelancers because the world is shifting so rapidly. How can we better integrate all of this amazing talent who prefers to work in this way with existing brands and agencies that really need talent at a time like this? Hello and welcome. I'm Kate, and this is the Freelance Founders Podcast, where we talk to creatives who have designed their own careers. We're so grateful to be able to interview these bright minds and share their incredible journeys with you. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Freelance Founders Podcast. Today, I am speaking with our founder, Carolyn Bothwell. Welcome, Carolyn. Thank you, Kate. I'm so thrilled to be chatting with you today about your career and why you started Freelance Founders. So first, we love to ask our guests, as you know, about your very first rate. I mean, I feel like this is one of the juicier topics amongst the freelancer world. And like, we always get this question on Instagram and in our community of like, what do you do? How much do you charge? So what we're going to do is just kick off our conversation today about what your first rate was when you went freelance? Yes. When I first went freelance about four years ago, I started charging $40 an hour for copywriting, but also social media and pretty much anything that anybody needed. Right. I feel like in the beginning, you kind of are just, I just need to get my feet on the ground and figure out what I want to do. And I just need work. So I'll take anything. (laughs) I know. I was thinking earlier how I was doing like, $300 for an entire website copy back then and finding things in Facebook groups. And that's why I think we're so big here at Freelance Founders about rate transparency, because even since starting Freelance Founders, I've realized that I was undercharging, even though I'm the one advocating for people charging their worth. And it's really helpful to talk about these things openly. I completely agree. I feel like since joining Freelance Founders, I've had the confidence of being able to actually increase my rate. I was charging extremely low for my hourly. And I think it started off at like $40 an hour. And then my retainer rate was really low too. But that was also because I was just trying to get my name out there and pick up clients. You know, I was doing full photo shoots for like nothing. And so it's, I think definitely something that we continuously talk about. And I think that we talk about a lot too, that in the beginning, there is kind of a hustle to it. And at the same time, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you need to charge slightly lower to get in on great projects and build your portfolio, don't worry, it's coming. You're going to be able to charge more soon and don't get discouraged. But I do think if you can start at a baseline that you feel really comfortable with and try to negotiate by taking things out of your scope, as opposed to just accepting a lower rate, it goes a long way. So those are things that I've like learned over the years, but I I don't regret the work that I did early on for that price range either, because I think it was really helpful to build the network. And I'm sure you feel the same too. Completely. I 100% agree with you on that. So I really would love to just start to dive in to your career. You first were at Rulala and then decided to go freelance. Could you take us through your career starting when you were at full time to now? I was an English major in college, mainly because it was just the classes that I always enjoyed the most and did a lot of writing in school, doing creative 
writing for a minor and then I worked at the school newspaper and just kept trying to build clips that way. And then my summer going into my junior year of college, I had the opportunity to intern at Rulala. And so I did that and it was a really wonderful, like very well-structured internship program where I worked with the creative department and I kind of rotated between, you know, the copywriting team, the design team, went down to the photo studio. So it was my first time ever seeing how a creative department really functions. And that was so cool. And I immediately knew that that's kind of at least the career path I wanted to somehow get involved in. So then I went to a grad program at NYU right after school that was really for the purpose of placing people into the publishing world. So I wanted to work at a magazine and then quickly learned how low those salaries were in New York and really didn't think that it would be very sustainable for me. But at the same time, I got offered a full-time job back at Rulala. So I went and did that. And it was really great. They they trained people really well there. And I feel like I learned a lot and the department was huge. So I met a lot of creatives in Boston where it doesn't have typically a lot of creatives in our city. And then from there, I actually went and joined a marketing startup for a little bit. And I really missed writing and the creative side of writing. So I started freelancing on the side for some of the designers that I had known at Rue Allah, they had gone off and started their own independent design studio. So I was freelancing for them on the side. And soon I found myself working like 90 hour weeks because I just wasn't saying no to any single freelance project. And I loved it so much. And it made the choice to kind of transition out of my marketing role by going down to three days a week, then two days a week, and, you know, really intentionally kind of transitioning into freelance life. So that was four to five years ago now, and really haven't looked back since, have loved freelancing and have turned down full-time job offers year and year again, just to be able to stay and kind of keep going in this freelance life. You love the creative process of writing, right? But what would you say was one of the biggest moments in deciding to go freelance? There was like two things, I think, one being that I felt really inspired by the projects I was working on because I was able to say yes and no to them. And at the time I was working with some agencies that were working with some really cool, small, independent beauty brands. And I loved working really closely with the founder and hearing their story and kind of understanding their process of building a brand and building a business. And I was also working with larger brands like Sperry and kind of going into their teams and helping them think of creative ideas that, you know, maybe they were too close to it and they couldn't see themselves. So those two things I felt like were really fun and muscles that I hadn't had the chance to flex before. And then there was also something about just from like a money perspective, I had never directly seen an output from my input. You know, everything that I was putting in, I was immediately seeing a reward for. And even if it was a lower hourly rate at the time, I found it so motivating as opposed to being stuck in kind of a creative salary, which at the time when you're a little bit more junior can be lower And I found myself just making a lot more money this way. So it really inspired me to kind of hustle and work harder. And seeing that reward financially was really inspiring at that age for me. And it continues to be. It just feels like the instant gratification to the work that I'm doing. Thanks for sharing that. I think we can all agree that you definitely have those moments where it's so rewarding to be doing what we all do in the paths that we have chosen. Because if we were in a corporate world, we have other people deciding those types of decisions for us, where as freelancers, you get to make those decisions yourself. All right. Well, I think it's time for us to really dive in to freelance founders. I would love to know how did you decide to start freelance founders and why did you decide to start freelance founders? 
since going freelance, I had noticed that there wasn't a lot of resources that were readily available. I was in a couple of Facebook groups that just felt like really overwhelming. And then I had through friends of friends, people were introducing me to their friends who were freelance within Boston. So I started organizing a couple of dinners and we all got together to meet up. And I just found it so comforting to be like, oh, they're having, you know, similar client struggles or wondering how to charge more, or they would introduce me to their clients. So also I was getting new work through them by becoming friends with other freelancers. And we became really close really quick. And it was just such a nice feeling to have that support system. And then it was March of 2020. And obviously, like the world was changing so quickly. And a lot of my clients that I had worked with forever were pausing budgets. And everybody was really uncertain about what the next couple months were going to bring. And then, you know, I just found myself with a lot of extra downtime, which I didn't normally have. I've always been like, so in the weeds working on clients. And I was like, this is a good time to start this idea that I've had for a really long time. So that's when I started working on freelance founders, kind of a passion project during COVID. And then we launched in July 2020. And I just saw such a really encouraging response. And it became a really supportive community where all of a sudden, through the connections that I was making, I started working in the LA market, but I didn't know people in the LA market prior to that and just meeting people all around the world. So you've seen a lot of where we've come since then as well. But it's really just been organic growth, mostly through word of mouth and referrals. The thing that always surprises me, and I know it surprises you as well, is like how many countries and cities that we're in. For those of you who don't know Kate's based in London, we've been able to really capture an audience from around the world. So I think that's really exciting. And then some of our most recent developments is that we brought on a technical co-founder, Patrick Johnson. He comes from Red Antler and he had started his own um, engineering and development studio. So through him, we've been able to revamp our website and have a lot more technical capabilities as opposed to me being a writer working on Squarespace and Googling like how to get membership integrations. And from there, we've built our team, expanded a little bit more, and we've just launched our hire a freelancer feature. So then now, you know, on the other side, we're seeing that hiring managers are having a hard time retaining talent and they're having a hard time finding quality freelancers. So we're going to help bridge that gap by offering that to agencies and brands as well. Just being part of Freelance Founders, first as a member and then working with you and having you as my, one of my clients, it's incredible Like how much we have really grown over the last 18 months. When I first found out about Freelance Founders, it was from Instagram. And to be honest with you, you know, it was the middle of COVID and you're kind of, I was just like, something was missing within my career. Well, Freelance Founders just kind of showed up on my page with the algorithm. I don't really understand it, but I was like, <laughs> sure, great. And uh, the aesthetic was super cool. And for me, it was like, oh, wow, this is such a really interesting concept in a cool community. Like, why not join? Why not see where this can lead? What I really loved was getting like a personal email from you, the founder, and it really felt sincere and authentic. But then being being involved in the freelance founders like community on Slack, which I think is such an amazing feature. And I really would encourage any freelance founder member to like be engaged on Slack because there's so much happening continuously daily, like advice. I think the advice channel is one of our biggest takeaways from Slack, just because you are part of this community that just really understands what you're going through and has been through it. And 
it's kind of incredible. And that was what I was really missing because a lot of people in my world are full-time and they don't really understand what a freelancer fully does. But I think what you've done and what we've discussed and how we've envisioned freelance founders and growing, there's so much more to come. So it's super exciting. Oftentimes we're kind of building as we grow because our members are asking for things. But I think one of the things is that every freelancer's story is really unique. And the tips that they have, even if you're a seasoned freelancer of 10 years, or if you have someone with 10 years of experience, but you're newer to freelancers, freelancing, there's just a lot to learn. And that's why I think this podcast feels really important is to hear some of the industry leaders that are, you know, freelancers, and they've been doing this for a long time and really have built their career path around it. If you are a freelancer and you're consulting for a client and you're trading your skills for time over and over again, what's next and how long can you really sustain that? And how can you kind of maybe build some passive income or create, launch a brand or build yourself into an agency, whether that's a remote agency or full scale multi-city agency. And it's interesting because most of the people in freelance founders were considering maybe what's next. And we're seeing people building beauty brands, travel brands, agencies. They're opening up their own photo studios and they've all been able to create that from the flexibility and financial freedom that freelancing has brought. So I'm really excited to, to hear some of the stories from our other guests on the show, because I know you and I admire all of them very much. Freelance Founders is more than just this podcast. It's a thriving members-only community and resource hub for the top creative and marketing freelancers from around the world. Our digital platform acts as a home base to freelancers across 49 cities, 13 countries, and counting. As a member, you get access to like-minded individuals, exclusive freelance jobs, professional development workshops, a library of resources, and invites to exclusive in-person events, all available wherever you are. One member even said, if it weren't for freelance founders, I would have quit freelancing. This community has introduced me to countless creatives, helped me increase my rates, and find lots of new jobs. Apply by April 1st to get access to our spring cohort. So when you're starting a new company or a new venture, there's always hurdles. What was the biggest hurdle when starting freelance founders? I think starting is never something that I'm worried about or scared of because that's what I do for a career. I'm often on the early stages of brand strategy and launching and figuring out the voice. So the starting aspect came so natural to me. It was actually like the maintaining this business is where I started to be like, oh, we got it up. People are coming. Now what? That's where I started to to fear it a little bit. And I joined a lot of really great mentorship programs and even a um, little incubator program and just trying to see like, how can I continue to build and grow this business now? And that's where I felt like I didn't have that experience coming from such a creative background. And what I found is I was debating, you know, raising institutional money. And then I was finding that everybody wanted to just have it grow and grow and grow and scale. But I think what makes us so special is kind of like that we are a niche community that really grows super organically. And we're very thoughtful and intentional about how we grow and scale. And so that immediately in my gut didn't feel like the right move. So the biggest struggle has been just kind of being strategic when I am so close and emotionally attached to the business, but also I think too, I'm bootstrapping still. So just using my freelance work to fund this venture and continue to grow and play with it has been a challenge, but also very rewarding because I'm able to maintain that ownership and and feel excited about what we're working on every day. 
you and I talk about this all the time, but I'm someone who very much is advocating for creatives to charge their worth. So if I cannot afford to pay them their worth, then I don't want to work with them and I don't want to take favors. And so that has been an internal struggle, of course, but it's been just honestly so fun. It's like the thing that's really been keeping me going over the last couple of years. We have talked a lot about everybody on our team is freelance. I do love that you really support that still. I mean, obviously it makes sense for you too, but I also love that like everybody who is part of the team is like really down for the cause. And we've had multiple long conversations about how important it is to have this type of community. And I think it's only going to grow from here and continue to become even more global. What do you feel is missing in the freelance community itself that you hope to achieve with freelance founders? Yeah, I think early on there was really open communities and it just never really fully resonated with me. Somebody would put up a job posting and you felt like you were bidding for the lowest bid against all of your other fellow freelancers. And it just felt competitive in nature, even though it was attempting to be a support system. And as a freelancer, you kind of felt like you were always like a little bit the bottom of the barrel. They have a creative full-time staff and can you fill in some holes on this agency project? And you never felt like you were fully part of the team. And so I think what we're trying to do with freelance founders is not only create this community where we support one another, we give each other recommendations, we give each other referrals, but also from a hiring manager side, we show them how to best work with freelancers because the world is shifting so rapidly. And, you know, there's such a need for freelance talent to work seamlessly within your organization and for you to treat them as a team member and not somebody who's just filling in a quick gap between projects or working in a silo on their own speed. So I think that's one of the things that's really important to me is how can we better integrate all of this amazing talent who prefers to work in this way with existing brands and agencies that really need talent at a time like this. And then another thing is just connecting people, not by geography within like small city communities, but really thinking about with this remote first workforce, how can you work in cities all over the world? Because now you have contacts there, you have friends there that can refer you. So that's been really cool to see. I mean, you and I are working with an agency in London whose client is in New York and I'm in Boston and you're in London. And it's just funny to see like all of these different time zones coming together to bring a really special project to life. I agree. I think one thing I would really love really educating these, I don't think it's so much the smaller companies. I do think it's these like larger heritage companies that have been around for so long that are just so used to having a full-time staff that, you know, it'd be great to educate them on like why it's beneficial for them to hire freelancers instead of continuously hiring somebody who is full-time, that needs a full-time salary, that needs benefits, that needs possibly a visa. There's so many ways around that where you'll get actually probably a higher level of work and result from hiring a freelancer. That is also something that we are trying to kind of break that barrier as well within the communication of the many benefits of hiring a freelancer. And to your point about being remote working, you know, I know so many people that have moved or like gone to a different city for the summer and just worked. I always say I'm in like three different time zones at all time because I have clients kind of everywhere around Europe and the UK and in the States and Again, one of those perks of like being a freelancer is kind of having more control over what you want in life and making that happen. 
I feel that we're really going into that direction and really supporting that community and feeling empowered to be able to create a life that they've been wanting to create for many years in their career. So my next big question for you, what would be like the ultimate dream goal for freelance founders for you? We've talked about this all the time, but there is this world in which I want to bridge our digital world with the physical world. And this year, we're really starting to experiment with some in-person events. But if there's a world in which we can open some locations in key cities where creatives are really active, I think that's the dream is just bringing deeper connections within the community. And I'm so blown away by what we've been able to achieve from creating new friendships and creating collaborations and inspiring people to start studios just from a remote digital program. Even Kate, when we met first face-to-face for the first time, the connection just is so much more, you know, deeper and real. And I think in a time where we're all still kind of isolated in our work that we do every day, it is important to have those face-to-face connections when we can. So that is, I think, long-term high in the sky dream. And we really do hope to achieve that. But in the meantime, I'm really looking forward to some of these in-person events pending COVID and finding ways to do it really safely. I'm so for that. I know we've talked about dream of having our own co-working spaces. And it's interesting because I do work from home a lot of the time, but I am a member of a couple of co-working spaces in London and New York. And it is nice to be able to go in. And also, as you mentioned, our in-person events, I think are going to be such a game changer for not only our community, but also future agencies that want to hire our freelancers from our community or companies, really seeing the the community come together. And I think they'll understand it a bit more. And also just having conversations. I think before the pandemic, we were also used to going to panels and events where you would naturally be talking to people that you didn't meet before. And we went into a very digital world and now we're kind of getting back to this hybrid world. And I I feel that that's what is really missing are those in-person connections and being able for people to become more open to re-networking again and getting themselves out there. So I'm, I'm very excited for those and we're excited to share those coming to your city soon. Carolyn, is there anything else you would really love to just share about freelance founders before I start asking you my final questions? Yeah, we're just always looking for new members. We accept them on a quarterly basis. And yeah, we are looking for people from all walks of life, all cities. We really do have most creative and marketing community, but that's not to say that we aren't expanding into kind of other realms. Thank you for sharing everything about freelance founders. And I would just like to quickly say that it was one of the highlights for me out of coming out of 2020. As I mentioned, I found it on Instagram um, and Carolyn reached out to me as soon as I joined. It's been nothing but a positive experience. It's such an amazing community. You really learn from your peers, which I think is so important. It's almost like you're part of a team. I am the only person on my team. And it's really nice to have that extra support system, especially when you're questioning specific roles or questions about contracts or having to break up with a client, which we've all had to do. And you have like a team behind you cheering you on to making some of these more challenging decisions. And also just like our events have been awesome. And we've had so many incredible speakers on there from like NFTs, crypto to like how to file your taxes as a freelancer and 
how to find your rate. There's a lot of great resources and it's something that has just been like a huge blessing for my career and for my personal life as well. So thank you for starting Freelance Founders, Carolyn. (laughs) That makes me so happy. And there's nothing that makes us more happy when we hear of members like finding a lot of business for it or feeling the confidence to change their rates. And we're doing our best on our end to kind of have those educational professional development workshops, which like I feel like are usually geared more towards maybe founders and less so as kind of independent creative consultants. There's never too many communities you can be in. Um, I myself am in a number of communities from being a member at Soho House to being part of I Love Creatives. And the more that you can join and network and find people that are supporting you and doing similar things, I always think that's really important. I don't know. It has been in my career. It's made all the difference for me. I want to kind of take it back to you. When you're on your own, it can be really hard to measure success. So what does success mean to you and how would you measure it in your own career? I think when I first started out, it was very monetarily driven. I would say, you know, I want to hit this amount of dollars this month or this per year. And I was kind of driving it that way. And now for me, it's more about working on projects that really excite me and that I feel fulfilled and aligned with my values. And money is a result of doing things that I really love, as opposed to just trying to take anything that comes my way in order to hit this money goal. One thing that I'm working towards this year that I have really never done in the past is just kind of thinking more about the lifestyle I want to lead and setting more boundaries and trying not to burn out. And I think if I can find just like a sustainable way to love what I'm doing every day, that's success for me. And I find when I'm like most in that zone, the money seems to be following. At first, we're all very focused on money. But then once you're able to get past that and doing things that you're you enjoy on a day to day, working with people that you enjoy and working on projects that you're really excited about, the money then just comes. It takes a while to get there. And I want to say that like, go freelance, do everything that you love and money will just follow you. But maybe for some people, but I do want to say that like, it does take time to get to that point. So be patient if you're just starting out freelancing, be patient with yourself and believe in the process. I completely agree with you on how you measure success. I think that's really smart. Okay. So I have like a mantra that I always tell myself whenever I'm either having like a really great day and like want a huge proposal or like didn't have a great day. But so my tagline slash mantra is never let your highs be too high and never let your lows be too low. I'm curious to know, do you have a mantra? If you do, what, what is that? I do my, when I first went to college and my parents dropped me off, my dad gave me this little plaque that says it can be done. And my dad is just such an enigma. He like has learned to fly planes. He serves, he longboards. He's really successful in his career. And it's somebody I've always looked up to. That's great. Does your family, when you decided to go freelance, did they understand what you do? (laughs) No. And I still don't know that they fully do. We joke about this a lot too, but I think, I mean, when I first went freelance, my boyfriend at the time, he's now my husband, his brother thought that freelance was like literally meant free spirit. So he thought I was just kind of like quitting my job to like do my own thing. Carolyn, I have my final question. We ask all of our guests this. What is your ballpark rate now, present day? 
So now um, today, I rarely charge hourly anymore, mostly project scopes or retainers, but now I charge $150 an hour and I base a lot of my project scopes off of that rate. That's great. You went from $40 an hour to 150. We've come a long way, Kate. (laughs) We have come a long way, but it takes like the support that we all need and like the confidence boost and knowing your worth. Yes. And I will say when I started freelance founders at that time, that was only like in 2020 and I was charging 75 an hour and thought that was a great, and then quickly learned from the community members that even that was undercharging. So it's, it's a fascinating, and you know, there's people in our community who charge like 200 or 250 or $300 an hour. And so it's always working, working your way up the ladder there. Well, Carolyn, it's been such a pleasure chatting and have you share more about freelance founders and your own career path. And thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Kate. Thank you for listening to my chat with Carolyn Bothwell. You can find out more about Carolyn by visiting her website at www.carolynbothwell.com. Be sure to check out our website, freelancefounders.com and follow us on Instagram at freelancefounders. We hope you'll share, subscribe, rate, and review the Freelance Founders podcast, which is available for free on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much and have a great day.